You're listening to The Over 50 Entrepreneur, the podcast that's dedicated to the business builders who are only getting started when most are winding down. This is the place to discover how to create more freedom from your business while growing the value of your business. Now here's your host, Rick Hadrava. Hey everybody, this is Rick Hadrava and you're listening to another episode of the Over 50 Entrepreneur Podcast. You know, when, when you connect with entrepreneurs and you work with small business owners like I do, you know, you really get to meet some great people. And I got to tell you, I don't even remember, we'll have to ask today's guest, I don't remember where I connected with this person, but I knew after having a cup of coffee with him that I really enjoyed him as a person and I was intrigued by what he did professionally. And, you know, this Georgia-born Oki, we'll call him, uh, was an IT guy who turned entrepreneur and has really been in search of helping business owners kind of in the same vein that I do. You know, we focus on the freedom formula and growing value in our business while helping business owners gain more freedom from a time perspective. And I think you're going to get a lot out of Brandon Turner today as he talks about procedure sheets and what he does in his way to help entrepreneurs succeed. And so let's get right to it and welcome to the Epic Studios, my friend and fellow entrepreneur, Brandon Turner. Brandon, thanks so much for joining me on the show. Thank you for having me, Rick. I'm really happy to be here and I look forward to chatting with you. And I'm always excited because I learn something new every time I have a conversation with you. And I'm going to guess that today's not going to be any different. But let's go back. I always like to learn about your story uh, as well as your business. So share with us a little bit of you know where you came from and, and how you got into business and how did you make your way to Oklahoma? So I am an only child. I was born and raised in Atlanta, Georgia, and my mother had a small business. She had a travel agency. Now, this was before the Internet, so that was a whole different world, obviously, and my dad was in IT. Well, when I was eight years old, my parents got divorced, and obviously that can take a toll on a child. It can... Um, it can cause certain feelings to arise, certain questions to arise. But what was unique is that I wasn't one of the children that blamed myself for it, because that's a common feeling. I knew that what was between mom and dad was between mom and dad. So I moved on and mother took uh, custody of me while dad got visitation. And uh, so what would happen is a mother would drop me off. Dad was uh, mentioned in IT and he worked for U.S. Sprint. The uh, Sprint, the cell phone carrier, before it was a cell phone carrier, <laughs> for those who remember, was called <laughs> U.S. Sprint. <laughs> and um, they, of course, did telecommunications for businesses. And I remember mom dropping me off at dad's office. It was this skyscraper. And he'd take me up to his floor and I'd just hang out while he finished his shift. And then we would have our weekend. Mom would, um, I had experiences with mom where she would take me to work with her. Again, she had a travel business, so I would sit on the floor with my Ninja Turtle toys, playing with my turtle blimp and playing with my turtle action figures. It was so cool. They had a Ninja Turtle blimp. They had their own blimp back then. I was playing with my toys while mom was working um, with clients and running the business. And what I didn't understand at the time that this is that this was my first exposure to small business as a non-consumer. I got a chance to see small business from the business owner's perspective and through their eyes and all of the moving parts. 
And again, not understanding what I was seeing, I started um, taking an interest in other successful people like mom and people more successful. So I went to the public library and I started checking out books on other successful people, specifically business people, small business, big business, it didn't matter. And of course, this was this is about the time that the internet was just getting started, but we didn't have, you couldn't go to the public library and use a computer. You know, you'd still go and you check out books. So every month I'd have a new couple of books looking at a biography of another successful person. What I defined as success was what I saw in my mom. My dad had success too, but with mom, I was noticing that she controlled her own hours. I was noticing that mom could control her income. I was noticing that mom got to decide who she worked with and uh, who she served. So that was always fascinating to me. And I'm studying all of these business owners and just filing it away in my brain what some of their journeys were, not ever knowing that a black kid from Georgia could ever become one of them, could ever rub elbows with them or be in the same, you know, sit at the same table with them. So fast forward um, a little bit, I ended up going to college to study IT which of course, you know, dad did it and I didn't know how to do what mom was doing. And my only, <laughs> that, was, that was my only other option. So, so I was going to ask you, Brandon, why IT? I associated IT as a child. I associated with security. I associated it with ingenuity. I associated with um, just the, I, I associated it with newness and with growth because that's what I saw dad do. And that's what I saw the company he worked for accomplish in a lot of areas, you know, whether it was helping put cell phones in our hands or helping put the internet in our homes, like some other companies did things like that. And I thought that's going to be something that is going to be, that's a great source of security. Again, of course I had a security mindset, like we're all raised with, you know, mom didn't know how to teach me otherwise. And with dad, that's, that's what I saw. I couldn't understand the freedom that mom had until a little bit later. I mean, I could right. see it on the surface, but didn't really get it. So I associated it with security was really the main thing because of all of those, uh, because of all of those attributes. And that's the reason that I got into IT. Okay. And, and that, that's common. I think a lot of us look at that and say, hey, that, that security thing is important. I'm curious, though, because you, you talked about the fact that, that your mom was an example to you of success and made her own hours and, and could dictate her income a little bit. How did you compare? Did you do any comparing and contrasting of IT versus, you know, what your mom was doing? I had to look at those books that I was reading, those biographies of those other successful people, because obviously I was too young for mom to tell me her journey from her travel business being an idea in her head to being something she could open the doors to. That journey, there was a gap there. And I couldn't understand what that journey was. I couldn't understand the type of person you had to become. I couldn't understand the types of uh, the type of mindset and the type of language you needed to adopt in order to in order to feel that you you could actually take on something bigger than yourself. And this was highlighted when of course the internet came along, which unfortunately wiped my mom's travel business away. And no one, no one had, we didn't know at the time how to adapt to something like the internet, you know, especially if you're in business. So she went back to one of the things that she was great at, which was sales. But even in that, I looked at mom running her business or mom being in sales side by side with dad being in IT. I was like, mom still got freedom. Mom still got some flexibility. Mom can still control her own hours to an extent greater than dad still can. And there's still growth there. There's still ingenuity there. It just looks different. And it's because of that that, I mean, mom was able to 
afford some things for us. She was able to buy things for us that dad couldn't, even though IT, of course, is very lucrative. But mom was able to do things and take us places and plan things that dad couldn't. So it's that's re- that's when things really started coming together for me. Even though I didn't deeply understand it, that's when it started coming together for me. Okay. Okay. And so fast forward, you go to college, you get an IT degree. How do you make your way to Oklahoma? I met my wife online and I, uh, she's the reason that I moved here. And okay. I, I had touched on earlier that I'm an only child. Uh, so it was easier for me to make the move at the time. I was in a place in my life where I was really ready to get out and break out. And that's not to discourage Atlanta. You know, we hosted the 96 Olympics and a lot of people credit that with putting us on the map. But I got an opportunity to move around and, and really freely be me and really freely take on the world as an individual. But also I had this wonderful woman that I met at a time where meeting people online wasn't the norm <laughs> like it is now. Um, you know, even even pre-COVID, meeting people online, it became quite a norm in a lot of cases. Obviously, there was no, you know, there was no Tinder or anything back then. But what stood out to the two of us was how we were able to connect. At that time, believe it or not, even though meeting people online was a bit taboo, 80% of the time, the other person was telling the truth about who they were. So that actually worked out in our favor. You know, I was, I had a profile on this dating site and that's one of those things where you try and fail, try, try, try all of this. Sometimes it sits dormant for years. You're joining other dating sites. It's a whole thing. (laughs) And she, she, um, so she happened to stumble across my profile and things went from there. We started having conversations. Um, That was at the time where people spent more time on the phone with each other. We texted each other. We'd stay on the phone with each other for two, three hours in the morning, two, three hours in the evening after she got home from work. Um, I remember leaving voice messages for her, singing to her, um, because of just some, just, I thought of some romantic songs or what I thought were romantic, hoping that I could woo her and convince (laughs) her to bring me into her life. Uh, She got a kick out of that, so that was good. And we had an opportunity to build our relationship on a foundation of communication. And we had an opportunity to do that up front, which too few couples we found are even able to do. You know, you get together for other reasons and you work out the communication later. But because of that foundation, she and I became best friends. You know, she can talk to me about things she shares with her girlfriends. I can talk to her about things I share with my guy friends. And it's one of the most beautiful things to be um, in a partnership and in a marriage like that, where your spouse is your best friend. Um, so we, we definitely, definitely appreciate that. Well, and, you know, for business owners, the partnership is, it's incredible because you do need that support and that ability to communicate as a business owner yeah, in relationship. Don't get me wrong. Any marriage needs that, but it's specifically um, critical for the success of a business. Let's get into the business and, you know, this journey, and I appreciate you sharing it, has led to procedure sheets. When did you establish the business? What was the impetus for you getting that started? And, and where where are things today? I started the business in, on March 20th of 2017. 
which just happens to be our son's birthday. He's graduating this year, so we're excited. And um, I started that to begin with. The reason that I was even in a position where I could start a business was because of reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, for those who aren't familiar, it's basically a book about what the rich teach their kids about money that the poor and the middle class don't, usually because the poor and the middle class can't because it wasn't taught to them. And I can touch on that a little bit more, but that actually helped me put the pieces together that I couldn't put together when I was growing up with mom, learning about her business and things like this. I started several businesses over that time after I moved to Oklahoma. And I, well, let me be transparent. I call them businesses, but I'd never had any customers. So <laughs> let's just call them, uh, let's call them projects. Let's do yeah. that. Yes. <laughs> so I had several projects and what I, what I didn't understand, I mean, when I moved here, of course, my um, the only people that I knew were my wife's friends and family. So I had to go out, and the only thing that I knew to do was go out and network. Thank goodness we had the internet, and thank goodness I could find a website like meetup.com. I'm going to plug them because they've changed my life. Yeah. Meetup.com, which allowed me to find local groups in Oklahoma about business. People that talked about business were interested in it. And Rick, I, I cannot emphasize enough the value of networking with fellow entrepreneurs. I walk in there, it's a table full of strangers, and I learn more in two hours than I could with a four-year business degree. It's, it was absolutely mind-blowing. So, of course, I was addicted. So, fast forward with a few years of doing this, four, five years, six years of doing this, and I start thinking about, okay, I need to really drill down what I'm going to do. So, I had a full, I held a full-time job and I had my businesses on the side. I called them side hustles. And one night I was doing the, so I, when I was working at my full-time job, the side hustle that I had just before procedure sheets, I was wearing all of the hats. I was uh, trying to start a, a business selling products online. So what that involved was it wasn't, it wasn't selling stuff out of my house. I'm talking about shipping products from a supplier to sell them in the States. That's what I meant. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to figure this out and I'm trying to figure out and learn, okay, I need to find vendors and I need to set up a website and I need to learn about the industry and all of these different things. And I find my, I found myself after work in the evening or weekend hours and sp spending an inordinate amount of time doing so many different things to push this forward. And even though I had my cohorts, my tribe, my community of entrepreneurs, I still felt a loneliness in this because it was so much. And thank goodness I have a, had a supportive wife. But one night when I was do, running, doing my full-time job and holding down this side business, I realized I had started a pattern. And it's the same pattern that many of us start when we launch our businesses. But many of us, just like me, don't see it until it's too late. Or we're trapped inside of this pattern with seemingly no way out. And that pattern was doing everything myself. You know, so in my business, I was the sales guy. I was the website guy. I was the accountant. I was the customer service guy. I was the service provider. I was the legal counsel, etc. I didn't realize I was wearing too many hats. Really get it. Really realize I was wearing too many hats until I realized what little time I had left in the day. And since I have the same 24 hours in a day as everyone else, something had to change. But sacrificing even more of my sleep was no longer an option <laughs> at some point. So meanwhile, at my full-time job, we had this checklist to track our daily procedures. So I would complete a task, 
Someone would review my task, and then they would initial on the checklist. Someone else would complete a task. I would review their task, and then initial on the checklist. A few months later, it finally hit me. I need a checklist for my business, for my side business, because if I want to hire help, they can take this checklist and do exactly what I do, the way that I do it, and the results will be just the same. It's kind of like a recipe. So I wrote one of my daily business activities out on a sheet of paper. I wrote it out step by step, one of the hats that I was wearing. Then through the magic of the internet, I found someone on Facebook to hire. And I hired somebody off of Facebook and I sent them this sheet of paper. Well, a week later, $50 later, and hours of freed up time later, that task was completed to perfection without me laying a hand on it. So not only had I just created a job for someone, but I got my time back in the process. So my next thought was, of course, man, what if I do this for other businesses? Oh my gosh, what if I do this for other businesses? <laughs> and <laughs> this is how Procedure Sheets was born. Awesome. Awesome. So you found, it, uh, not unlike a lot of entrepreneurs, something you were struggling with and you, you were able to solve that not only for yourself, but it's turned into something that's been very beneficial as you've worked with other business owners. As I listen to you, I guess we all deal with this as small business owners who are starting out from a standpoint of, like you said, I'm wearing every hat and, and I want to start to delegate and automate and maybe eliminate, right? We talk about this all the time, but how do you, I'm curious, put you on the hot seat a little bit, but if I'm a small business owner, how did you know that the, the first thing that you delegated out to somebody was the most important thing? Uh, you know, did you have a way to identify all the different hats you wore, which one needed to go first, or did you just do it randomly? I'm going to be honest with you. I do not have the magic answer. I did not know which was the most important. I chose the one I would say it was randomly, but I chose the one that was glaringly obvious to me. And by glaringly obvious, I mean, this was the activity that I was doing that I didn't really enjoy doing. Like I really, really didn't like, did not like doing it. Now it was still valuable. It was still important, or at least so I was taught it was important. Um, but it, it was something that I did not derive joy out of. It's something that I had to work my way uh, mentally into doing before I started it. Like using, a, I think it's called the five-second rule, um, count to five and get started in that five seconds or whatever, <laughs> yeah. something like that. It was one of those things. So uh, specifically, what I was doing in that uh, other business was I was writing a blog. I was writing articles on a blog and, and um, just trying to absorb knowledge about my industry and then dispel it and share it with future customers, things like this. And I just, I just didn't enjoy doing that. The research, putting it together all of this. And now it sounds strange because I have a business that's built on writing, but there was something about that particular form that wasn't appealing. And I realized how much time that it was taking up, obviously. And I, of course, in that, I realized that I'm the bottleneck for it. So I, the honest answer to your question is I grabbed what hit me in the face first. Yeah, no, that's, <laughs> that's fair. Delegated yeah. that. Hey, okay. So if, why don't you take us through what does procedure sheets do uh, give us an overview of your, you know, your offerings, your your product set. We document processes for owners, managers, and team members, so they can duplicate themselves. 
delegate with confidence and get their time back. And, and putting it in layman's terms, we write your recipes so other people can make your dishes. You know, I've had conversations with some folks, um, whether it was networking or coffees, where I needed to break it down further. Um, there are entrepreneurs that have larger vocabularies than others, depending on the industry that they're in. So technically what we do is we write your operating procedures. We write, we make your flow charts and things like, and things of this nature. But some people don't know the word operating procedure or standard operating procedure. So I said, okay, so if I'm going to explain this to you the way I did to my son, here's how I'd explain it. Imagine you go to a restaurant and you have your favorite dish, but you decide you want to make it at home. Well, to make it at home, you've got to get the recipe. Well, but how do you get the recipe? Well, the person who already makes it either has to put it in a video so you can watch it while you make it at home or put it in a cookbook so you can read it while you make it at home. Well, in business, we call our recipes operating procedures. And that's how I help people understand uh, when I was trying to, when I'd be in a sales appointment or uh, when I'd just be at the, at the table with, with colleagues talking about procedure sheets. I was like, we take the recipe out of your head and we put it on paper. That way you don't have to tell it to your team members. You don't have to tell the recipe to your team members, forcing them to commit it to memory. And when they inevitably make a mistake because they're human, you either have a fire to put out or you have a confrontation on your hands. Instead of telling your team your recipe, we can document your recipe so you can hand it to them, knowing that you'll have the confidence that they're going to get the same result you will, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And you you and I have talked, you know the work that, that we do, and um, we know statistically that most small businesses operate off the cuff, right? And, <laughs> and while what's interesting is they all know they need something like procedure seats, documented processes, but it's grueling. It's very hard to do. And it's one of those, as we talk about the boxes, you know, it's not one of those urgent items, but man, it's critically important. Here's what, here's what I'm curious as you've done this, and I know you've done it for a number of businesses now, have you been able to show them the value? I mean, Brendan, how, what does this do for a business owner once they've gone through the process? What's funny about this question is that I did not know the answer, Rick, after I started the business. Uh, Procedure Sheets is a little over three and a half years old or going on three and a half years old. And I did not know the answer for the first year, year and a half, because I have an IT background and I talk in technical terms most of the time. And I think because I think in technical terms. So I didn't know how to communicate what the what the results were or why this was important or what the outcome is or if there is an outcome to this. I would go into these sales calls or I'd be invited into someone's business for a consult and I'd just talk about, hey, this is how this is what this will mean for you. And it's got all of these features and, you know, we can we'll make it so that it's easy to read and all of these things. I'd be talking about features, features, features sometimes benefits, but not knowing the outcome. It wasn't until I had an encounter with a client that we served in 2018, a digital marketing agency that I understood the outcome. And I can touch on that story in a moment, but what I learned from that encounter, because at that time I was procedure sheets, I did not own procedure sheets, I was doing everything still. What I learned from that encounter was that what procedure sheets actually sells is not process documentation. 
It's not flowcharts and whiteboard videos and spreadsheets. What procedure sheet sells is time. Because when we write your recipe, we get a chance to duplicate you in whatever capacity that looks like. And that duplication can result in either you being able to confidently hand a task over to somebody else, step away from the business for a few days knowing that it got done, step away from the business knowing that when you return, there are no fires to put out. It can result in you getting an extra hour per week of your time back even. What are you going to do with that extra hour per week? Well, I don't know. I've never had it before. We just created time. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's amazing. So I was like, great, we'll we'll figure that out over coffee. But in the meantime, (laughs) you know, so it was, I had enough of those encounters, both when I was doing, doing it myself, running the business myself, writing the procedures myself. And then when I was able to finally bring on a team, I had enough of those encounters to understand that what, what our outcome is, first of all, there is an outcome. And what our outcome is, is giving you your time back in whatever capacity that looks like. And what you do with your time is up to you. But the beautiful part is you did not have it before and you do now. <laughs> well, and, you know, we we know because we've asked the question, we've analyzed this. The two things that business owners want are financial freedom and freedom of time. And so it's a really important thing that you do. But here's the thing. I know this about business owners that might be listening to this, but because I've, I've seen the, you know, I've had the conversation and seen the feedback come, come back to me when they know they need to put their procedures together, right? A lot of yes. times the, biz, the business owner automatically goes, I don't have time to do that, Brandon, right? Like this is, this, this is going to take an immense amount of my time while I know the outcome. How do you, how do you overcome that with business owners? I have to answer your question with another short story because that's something that I had to learn, obviously. (laughs) What I did when I was, what I used to do was go into a business or be invited into a business and we would have a one and a half hour to two hour consult about, uh, about the, their situation. Now, of course, I'm going in with the intention of learning what their recipes are so I can write their recipes. However, these conversations open doors to other conversations about the whole picture, something more holistic, like we just lost somebody last week and we're scrambling right now and we don't even know how to get started with this. Or we've got these, I, my manager has these 50 fires to put out and they're always having to come behind the employees and fix this and fix that or, or whatever the case may be. We have all of these clients and we can't get like a consistent onboarding process. It feels different. And sometimes we miss out on something and sometimes and the client doesn't get to have the same experience. Client A can't have the same experience as client B, and we're trying to get over that hurdle. And it would open the doors to all of these other things. So what I eventually learned was, okay, so what I have to do is over the next few weeks, I'm going to come to your offices and I'm going to pull you guys aside for interviews. And I'm going to shadow you throughout your day. And, you know, I'm taking furious notes, but you may have to re-explain some of your processes to me as we go. Because I just want to, I just want to capture what you are doing so that we can get started. So this was my, this was my modus operandi for a good year and a half, almost two years. I had a customer, a client that actually sent us some videos one day, and they said, "Hey, can you write procedures off of videos?" And I said, "I mean, I, I don't see why not." And the reason that I, part of the reason that I said that was, of course, I'm going to be a yes man. No, I don't know how to do that, but I'm not telling you that. I'll tell you yes and figure it out later. So yes, let's do that. Uh, Yes, absolutely. But another reason that I could say yes with a little more confidence was because I have, I had a template 
that I followed when I wrote someone's recipe. All I would do is put your information in it and then change the name and the headers and all of this. So this customer, this client sends these videos. I put on a headset on my laptop and I watch the videos with my template open. And over the course of about three and a half hours, Rick, I was able to transcribe their videos into written recipes surprising myself, just kind of going with the flow and just tweaking and, you know, pressing rewind and all of these kinds of things. And they came out, the recipes came out actually a little bit better than they did when I was doing it the old way of going into the offices and having 90 day engagements or whatever the case may be. And I thought later on, of course, they, it was, they, I got a glowing review and, and they, and they loved them and they were able to move forward and ask me for the next project. But I thought, I did not have to set foot in their office. We didn't have to do our dance where I'm shadowing you or you're telling me, give me a minute. I know you need an hour with me. Just let me finish these five things and, you know, or go talk to my person over there. All of these different exercises that we used to do, I didn't have to do it at all. And the cool part is that they had already recorded this stuff. They had already done this stuff. So when I had a question about their process, I hit rewind and I thought, oh my gosh, I have to replicate this. So what that led me to do, Rick, was write a procedure for writing procedures, <laughs> which, which not only allowed me, but first of all, that opened crazy doors. Writing a procedure for writing procedures not only allowed me to train someone to write procedures for clients in my place, but it allowed me to publish it, publish that procedure on our website so clients can see it before they order our service. And I thought, oh my gosh, now I can not only set the table for you, but I don't even have to be in your office. Not only do I not have to be in your office, but I can bring you a team now instead of just me, which reduces my overwhelm. And I'm thinking, I just not only bought back, I don't know how many hours of my own time, but now I can confidently tell clients, even before they hire us, not only can we give you your time back after the project, we can give you back your time before and during the project. And I thought, oh my gosh. I, I'm on. It's it's on. Let's go. That's excellent, and that evolution has trans transformed itself into an online process, basically, right? Yes, yes, it has. What it's it's funny too, Rick. When you have these, when you come into these experiences, they open doors for other things that maybe you did not see before. Absolutely. Because once I was able to publish this procedure, now I now I thought about the onboarding problem that I'm constantly helping clients with, and I was like. I don't want that own, that problem for myself. So what if I record a video walkthrough of the procedure sheets onboarding process and just publish it? I'll, I'll, you'll have the procedure, our procedure for writing procedures, how we serve you, but you also get, hey, what happens after I order your service? You know, so what, what are the next steps and all this stuff? Rick, it's a four minute and 30 second video on our website. And after you watch that video, it may take you 10 minutes to onboard yourself. And I'm like, did I just remove myself from client onboarding too? It's like, oh my gosh, I got I to gotta spread the word. <laughs> so, you know, Brandon, it, this is great. And I'm glad that, that you've been able to share. Un unfortunately, we're coming to the end of the show um, today because I feel like we could go a little deeper on a few things and hopefully we'll have you back another time. But I want to I want to wrap up before I ask, you know, how people can get in touch with you. And we'll, we'll talk, we'll talk on that. You're an entrepreneur. You're very passionate about this. And what's beautiful is your journey is really one of uh, freedom. 
And, and so I have to ask you, what does freedom as an entrepreneur mean to Brandon Turner? Three things. The first thing that it means is that I can serve the people that I was called to serve creatively, uniquely, and unconventionally, provided that we're able to reach the outcome that we want to reach. That's not a luxury that I had when I was a W-2 employee or working for certain companies, but now I can and I can go deeper with that. The second thing, of course, is the freedom of time. Uh, the idea that it's it's more than just setting your own hours. This is the ability to give yourself hours back, to add life after subtracting work, and being able to uh, being able to know that you're still making an impact, you're still making a difference, but you don't have the weight of doing it all alone. The third piece, of course, is there's no cap on your income. <laughs> I can, I mean, I can. I, this it's. It's great. The more value that you add, the more people are willing to pay. In our case, our, our clients, once I learned my 80-20 rule, once I learned our ideal customer avatar, all of our clients value time over money. Um, our clients don't object about prices because that's, that's minuscule. That's meaningless to them. It's like, give me my time back. Let, let's go. So that's something that translates on both sides um, for both me personally and for our clients. It's beautiful. Absolutely. Well, I, I really appreciate your time and I appreciate you sharing some of this with us. And it sounds like if, if there's a business owner out there today that is listening to this and they're like, you know, I would love to get some of my time back it, it, you know, because defining the roles and documenting the processes is a fluid type of exercise, right? And yes. and I think you've done an interesting um, job, a great job of putting this out there in ways that they can manage. But if they visit your website, I heard you say they can get the procedures for writing procedures video and checklist, probably a whole lot of more information. So why don't we wrap up today's show with you? Just give us uh, ways that, that our audience can reach out to you and learn more about procedure sheets and the work that your team does. Uh, two ways that I'll say is you can visit our website, which is www.buymytimeback.co. And of course, that's B-U-Y-M-Y-T-I-M-E-B-A-C-K.co. And you can also simply Google procedure sheets. If you Google us, you'll get access to not only my personal LinkedIn profile, you'll get access to our Facebook page, you'll get access to our Google listing where you can see some more of some things that we do. And of course, you can connect to our website. Excellent. Well, Brandon, we appreciate you so much and we wish you continued success. Guys, remember you can get show notes for this episode and past episodes by visiting us at epicsbiz.com forward slash podcast. That's epicsbiz.com forward slash podcast. Check out our, our show notes, our podcast, and other resources as you go through this journey in your business. And until next time, remember, we're only getting started. The Over 50 Entrepreneur Podcast is sponsored by Epic Business Advisory, where we help entrepreneurs escape the owner's trap, build businesses that can succeed without you, allowing you the opportunity to realize more freedom, think bigger, and pursue next-level goals. Download our freedom formula at epicsbiz.com formula. And remember, we're only getting started.